Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. Sharp lessons, everybody. We are Stadium Sports Betting Podcast. Ben Wittenstein, the professor, Nate Jacobson, next to me. It is Thursday as of this recording, December 15th. We are smack dab in the middle of December, Nate. The holidays are coming up, but that doesn't even matter. You know why? Because it's bowl season. <laughs> yeah, bowl season. It's a little different this year, I feel. I, I think in, in past years, we would have given a, a tutorial about how to bet bowl games and what to look for. But I think with, we already have that episode, probably, if you want to go back and yeah, if you look at last year. Last year around this time, uh, you could probably see some of the things we've done, some articles I've written in the past. If you just want to search my name on, on Google, and SEO could probably direct you to if you have, like, <laughs> bowl tips or something. Uh, Don't look it, at the it, images, though. It used to be a lot of, uh, a lot of motivational angles, and, and now it's just... We'll get into it a little bit, but it's a lot about opt-outs and transfers and who's playing, who's not playing, and who's coaching, who's not coaching, especially in the assistant ranking um, with assistants moving all over the place and National Signing Day coming up next week. So a little bit different than what it used to and what I kind of got used to when I first started betting on sports and college football bowl games. But I think there's a few things that we could uh, offer as the show goes on. I will talk about college football before NFL. And then, of course, the World Cup final on Sunday between Argentina and France. It's going to be fun. We got a lot of sports this weekend, and we were talking about it, you know, at our little social digital pod over there (laughs) in the office about how big of a weekend this is going to be for sports we have college bowl games you have college basketball you have nba you have world cup games you have nfl games both days you have everything nhl everything yeah especially this world cup final uh leo messi in argentina as he tries to kind of break through and cement his place as one of the greatest soccer players of all time against a france team looking to go back to back world cup winners which is unprecedented i think it hasn't happened like 60 years or something so a lot at stake, kind of the final we want, and that's right on Saturday morning uh, in America. Kind Start of the right weekend before, off right. Right before all the uh, the NFL games on, on Sunday, but then we also have the uh, the Saturday NFL games along with the College Bulls, and yeah. we won't talk about it because there's no lines out yet, but it's one of the more intriguing college basketball slates for fans of that sport. Bet Indiana basketball. All right, so let's go into some college football picks, Nate. We have some bowl games this weekend that we wanted to hit on. We have a lot of NFL picks as well. You have your World Cup picks. I have an NBA pick for a line that I looked at. Sort of not a look-ahead line, but as much as you can look ahead two days in advance in the NBA. So I got that. And, of course, best bets on the way. So let's start with some college football picks. Uh, You have, what, two? And I have two, I think. Yeah, I have two, but those games are not till next week, and I think our plan will be to have a, an episode. Uh, we didn't have an episode Tuesday just because not much to talk about, but also the World Cup semifinals going on. Yep. I think next week we'll probably do two, so then we can maybe update you on some bowl games and, and some new looks we have, mm-hmm. um, and then do one week, uh, the week between Christmas and New Year's, uh, just a normal Thursday picks, but... Uh, there's a few games I have, but I, I want you to go first because the games I have um, 
are actually in two weeks. So uh, maybe you want to lock them in now because the lines do move for bowl games, and I could see these lines moving. Um, but go first because I know you have two games that are on Saturday, so more actionable for the uh, the listening audience. Yeah, we'll go to Boston. Fenway Park, I think that's how they say it, for the Fenway Bowl. And this, Nate, is the first time in three years that we're actually going to see the Fenway Bowl. 2020, <laughs> canceled for COVID. 2021, canceled because one team got COVID. Right. 2022, finally. And it is going to be the world's most awkward bowl game as well with Cincinnati and Louisville since Scott Satterfield leaving Louisville as their head coach to go to Cincy to be their head coach. A little bit of awkwardness there. And to make it even funnier or worse, depending on which side you're on, both teams have to share a sideline. So that makes it even funnier. Both teams are going to be right next to each other on the sideline with the way the Fenway Park right. uh, is set up for the football field. So it's going to be a very weird, awkward, fun game. Um, and because of that, let's go Cincinnati plus one and a half. Let's go Cincy to, to cover one and a half. I think this is the type of game because the spread is so close because it's so weird for both teams. The situation being in Fenway Park as well is going to set up some weird angles. The end zone's like right up against the wall. I'm just going to go with whoever's the underdog in this game. I'm going to bet him. I'm going to take the points. Right now it's Cincy, and I'm a little surprised Cincy is the underdog considering Louisville's not going to have Malik Cunningham. They're not going to have their top wide receiver in Tyler Hudson. Um, they're going to have, of course, a new head coach as well in, in uh, Combs, I believe, is uh, what his name What his name is, uh, Kerry Combs. For Cincinnati. For Cincy, and Louisville yeah. has Deion Branch. Right. So both teams are with new head coaches. Both teams are going to be without some key players. However – Cincy, I think, is going to be with their normal quarterback. Louisville is going to only have three assistants available for this game as well. I just like the spot better for Cincy because they're getting the points. So I'll take Cincy plus one and a half. Yeah, at this point in the college football season when you have a, a program that – oh, in Cincinnati, Luke Fickle goes to Wisconsin, and then you bring Satterfield from Louisville, which obviously makes this game pretty – Pretty hilarious, and then Louisville already has Jeff Brom. You just kind of wonder how much each program cares about this game mm -hmm. because if you're one of these two programs, you're probably more focused on, with a new coaching staff, getting ready for National Signing Day next week. So it's almost like this game is kind of like a nuisance that you have to go out and play this game just to kind of oblige to some, like, bowl or conference obligations and, like, TV stuff. So – yeah, I don't know exactly how to handicap the motivation in this game. I, I probably would look at Cincinnati. I'll use them in, uh, in pick-em pools unless the line drastically changes and uh, there's, there's an indication that one team is has an edge over the other. Uh, but one tip I will give for bowl season is usually the point spread doesn't matter in this game. Usually when the favorite wins, they also cover the spread. Usually the underdog when they cover, they also win outright. So right now it's Cincinnati plus one and a half. I don't think I'd worry too much about this game landing exactly on one just based on how much variance are in these bowl games. I know it's a low total game, so maybe you know you can make the case for taking the plus the points here, but I think Cincinnati money line, if you do like Cincinnati, is the way to go. Uh, I also like SMU if we're picking another game on Saturday. Uh, give me SMU. It's an interesting spot for them. I would maybe try to wait to see if the BYU quarterback, Jaron Hall, is going to be out. It's it's looking more and more like he will be out of this game. Yep. The line sort of reflects it, at least semi-reflects it. But 
right now, I would just take him minus three and a half because if Jaron Hall's going to be out of this game, I'm sure that line's going to move to four, five, maybe get to six at some point with SMU. I know they're going to be without their star wide receiver and uh, Rashi Rice. Rashi Rice, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. But they're going to still have their quarterback, Tanner Mordecai. So, I mean, I think SMU is in a really good spot right now playing a BYU team that had a good end of the season. They went on a bit of a winning streak to end the year. But if they're not going to have their starting quarterback, this is SMU's game to lose. Yeah, I don't have much to add here, but I did see that stuff about Jaron Hall, the BYU quarterback, and kind of a disappointing season for BYU. Not sure if they really want to be in this game. I think they had higher aspirations, and I'm going to talk about a couple teams that I think had higher aspirations this year that I'm looking to fade in bowl games. So these games are a little bit down the road. Wednesday, December 28th, the Texas Bowl. I'm taking Texas Tech plus four against Ole Miss. Pretty simple handicap right here. Texas Tech, I think, is going to be really highly motivated to play in this game. First-year head coach Joey McGuire, and it was a big deal that they were able to get into a bowl game, and they're in Texas. I know it's in in Houston, so kind of far away from Lubbock, but still I think they'll have fans at this game. They're going to want to play this game. Meanwhile, Ole Miss, I don't think, are really excited to play this game. They definitely thought they probably could have made – maybe the a New Year's Six Bowl or just kind of a one of those bowl games where there's SEC tie-in closer to New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. So I think Ole Miss probably was looking for something better. Texas Tech, happy to be there. I think they'll be fully motivated for this. And I took Texas Tech plus four, which is the number that I before the show I checked and is still available. And then the day after, December 29th, so two weeks from tonight, the Alamo Bowl, Washington plus five over Texas. Like Washington, great season that they had. Got them over seven and a half wins and that catch, which was really nice. Michael Penix Jr. had a great season when he was reunited with Kalen DeBoer. The important thing here is Penix announced that he's returning to Washington for the 2023 season. He will not be entering the NFL draft. Even though there's some speculation that he could test the waters there, but he will be returning, so that means he'll be playing in this game. And Texas just simply had bigger goals for this season. Their goal was not to be making the Alamo Bowl. And B. John Robinson, the running back, it looks like he's going to be opting out of this game. And why the lines moved a little bit from plus six to plus five, I think plus five is still okay in this game because I believe Washington will win the game. So I took Texas Tech plus four, Washington plus five. Make sure to put a portion of your bet on the money line because both these underdogs are live to win. And like I said, when a lot of the times these bull underdogs cover, they also win outright. So I like both Texas Tech and Washington. Here is some early bull bets uh, before maybe next week I share a little bit more. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. All right, let's move on to the NFL. The real moneymaker for this weekend. There are a ton of games. Every team plays this weekend, Nate, so we're going to have a really fun slate of games. Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Four straight days, almost, of NFL football. Uh, So we're really excited about that. And I have four picks you have a pick. You have a best bet. Two best bets in the NFL. A sexy pick, brunch time winner, and a teaser. So we got everything going on for you for the NFL this weekend. Why don't you start out? Because you have one pick that you like, not like enough for the for a uh, a best bet, 
But let's do the best bets in a bit. But you do have one pick that you like. Right. So I like a Saturday game, and it's going to be the Cleveland Browns minus two and a half. And right before we start recording this show, Tyler Huntley, the backup quarterback for the Ravens, was off the injury report. I guess he passed his concussion protocol, which is a little bit surprising since he suffered a concussion on Sunday, but it was already cleared on a, on a Thursday. So maybe a little bit of a gray area in terms of NFL concussion stuff, but don't want to talk too much about that because I think Brown to minus two and a half, which was kind of the line already uh, before Huntley was cleared off the concussion protocol, assumed Huntley would play. And I still like the Browns here under a field goal. Just feel like the Ravens with Huntley. I know I backed them last week against the Steelers, but I think the Browns are better than the Steelers, and it's pretty much the same price here. Ravens just played a physical game against the Steelers where Steelers were able to move the ball on them, but the Ravens' defense bailed them out with turnovers. And then the Browns, I just think Deshaun Watson will continue to improve game over game. I know it hasn't been pretty early on, but this is his first home start, so I think Cleveland can get the ground game going and allow Watson to make some easy throws. So I was hoping to maybe get ahead of a potential Anthony Brown starting for the Ravens situation, and I took a little bit of minus 2.5. I'm stuck with that bet, but I actually don't mind having that in my back pocket because I don't think the number is going to go down below 2.5 now that Huntley is in. So Brown's minus 2.5 is, is something I bet, and also um, going to use them probably in contests, even though this is one of the uh, Saturday games, this, the middle game on Saturday. So Brown's at a short number against the Ravens is, is what I bet, and uh, I'd recommend that wager as well. Not a best bet, but definitely something to have for the weekend. I have a game on Saturday, and I think this is – I don't. this might be a bit of a reckless pick, and I think there's probably a good amount of people who are, who are going to pick them, but I still like it, and that's the Minnesota Vikings minus four at home wow. against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I know you've been Mr. Viking. You were Mr. Viking last year. You loved picking Vikings games. And I think this is a decent spot for Minnesota. Okay. Um, it's a buy-low spot in a way. I mean, I think people have really lost their love for Minnesota. I think the Vikings have lost a bit of their shine, especially their performance last week, and people are finally starting <laughs> to realize the whole point differential thing with the Vikings and how they probably shouldn't be 10-3 and with that type of point differential. That's now more public knowledge than it was a couple weeks ago. So I think this is a pretty solid line. I would love for it to be closer to three, but I don't think that's going to happen. It was bet down from five and a half down to five, now four. But Indy's not great on the road. They're two and five against the spread on the road. And the Vikings have been surprisingly good as a favorite. Five, two, and one against the spread as favorites this season. Um, This is a team that usually does well when they're favored, especially at home. And I think, again, this is the type of thing, you know, we'll see kind of an up-and-down performance. They'll have a bad offensive and defensive performance. The next game they'll fix some things and they'll come back and they'll look like the team that everyone expects them to look like. That's why their point differential is like this is because they'll have a bad week, then they'll have a good week, then they'll have a bad week, then a good week. So I think this is going to be the good week for the Vikings against a pretty bad Indianapolis Colts team. Again, it's Operation Fade Jeff Saturday. I'm okay with that. (laughs) I'm not going to put my money behind him at all. So might as well fade him, uh, put money on the Vikings. A weird number at minus four but I think they can cover by a touchdown here. Yeah, this game's ultimately going to be a pass for me. I would consider the Colts. I just kind of question their motivation off a very late bye. Yeah, and it's four, been, a, it's been a disappointing season. It's kind of done. But the fact that the Vikings are only a four-point favorite against a 4-8-1 team that I guess they have maybe an outside shot at winning the AFC South that the Titans and Jaguars lose out, basically. Yeah. But 
I think it just kind of shows that Minnesota, not a very good team, but at the same time, that's kind of baked into the number that they're overrated. And yes. I know that they've had a nice little run being a home favorite, but the last two games they were a home favorite and covered were against the Patriots and Jets and those games they probably should have lost. So I feel like the uh, the luck can continue to to run out for the Vikings, and I just a team I don't trust to win by margin at all, and, and the point spread kind of indicates they're a, a average team at best. I'll, I'll put it nicely for the fans in Minnesota. <laughs> it's, it's not a very good team despite their record, and they're a few plays away from being like a, a closer to a 500 team, maybe a game over, a game under 500. So um, if that was the case and it was 7-6 and six Minnesota, uh, I think this point spread would be closer to three or maybe even two and a half because on paper, if the Colts are motivated, I think they should be able to run the ball decently against the Vikings defense and, and maybe keep Matt Ryan upright enough to make some throws. Uh, I also have Titans plus three, and I know you have that coming up in a sec, so I won't take too long with this a buy low spot for, for Tennessee. And I know we talked about Chargers, Titans. Whoever's the underdog in that matchup is who we're taking, so I'm going to take the underdog Titans. I'll take the three points. Derrick Henry going to truck every single Charger defender on that team in the rush game and how bad that Chargers rush defense is. They are last in the NFL in rush defense and yards given up per rush attempt. So this Chargers defense is not good. It's a pretty simple game script that the Titans need to follow, and that's just – give it to the best running back in the game right now. That's going to be Derrick Henry who's going to try to truck over all the Chargers. So I'll take the Titans plus three. I'll let you elaborate later on uh, for your best bet on why you like the Titans a bit more. I have Bears plus nine at home against the Eagles. Uh, and we were talking about this earlier, a bit of a, a look-ahead spot possibly for the Eagles with the Dallas Cowboys coming up next week. It's going to be very cold uh, on Sunday in Chicago. I believe it's going to be around 20, 25 degrees. Bears are at home. They usually play a little bit better, at least at home. And they're getting nine points. Justin Fields is supposed to be good to go. I know he's been dealing with a bit of a sickness this week, so as long as Who he isn't? is good to go. Yeah, it's flu season. Everyone get their flu shot, and hopefully Justin Fields got his. <laughs> and he'll be okay on Sunday. I'll take the Bears plus nine. I think it's a it's a little too many points. I'm hoping the Bears lose. I, I want a better draft pick for Chicago, but I think they can cover the nine points. Yeah, you mentioned the uh, potential look ahead spot for the Eagles next week playing the Cowboys in Dallas, and I think I guess a win there would probably just wrap up the division for Philly. So I don't think they're going to need a win by margin or look to win by margin. If they get out to a lead, they might be looking ahead to next week. And I think this with the Eagles are a team that. Hard to bet on right now, especially in a game like this where they have to cover a big number. They're coming off blowout wins against Tennessee and the New York Giants, so now there's just kind of a tax that you have to pay on them if you want to back Philly because they beat expectation by so much the last two games. And Big game on deck, and I'd expect Chicago off a bye, a very late bye, to kind of play well for first-year coach Matt Eberflus. I know you want them to lose, and, and the front office in Chicago probably wants them to, to lose to get a better draft position, but the players on the Bears are fighting for their jobs for next year or just kind of putting good film out so they could get signed somewhere else. So the players are still going to try hard. They're still going to try to win, and with a healthy Justin Fields, I think they can go score for score with Philly, and I'll have a little bit more on that angle for the game in a little bit. I got one more that I wanted to put out there. That's Giants plus four and a half <laughs> against the uh, Commanders. And again, this is kind of one of the one of those games, especially since they ended in a tie last game, time they played a couple weeks ago. I would just take whoever is the underdog in this game. And it's interesting that the Giants 
um, are such a big underdog at four and a half. Saquon's been not getting the looks. It's interesting. You look at his his game log, and you know he's had a couple hundred yard games early on in the season. He was getting twenty plus carries, and the last few games his his workload has just gone down, and they're not using Saquon as much. So you would hope. He's healthy, first of all, and second of all, that they're going to be using him a little bit more in the game plan. Washington's defense isn't amazing uh, against the run. They're 15th in the league in, in yards per rush given up, so it's not like there's some amazing front defensive line that stops the run all the time. And the Giants are really good, for some reason, against the spread as an underdog. They're 6-2 and two against the spread as an underdog recently this season. They're also, when the spread is 0 to plus 6.5 for the Giants, they're 5-1 and one against the spread. So they really play that underdog role well, especially now that they're going to be going on the road too. I, I, I just like the Giants. I think it's a good number. People are down on, on the Giants. It's going to be a really tight, close game with playoff implications. Give me the Giants. Yeah, the Giants aren't a good team, but they are well coached. So Brian Dable is going to get the most out of the lack of talent or maximize that talent. And obviously worried about Barkley. I definitely do think he's hurt. I think he was basically a game-time decision last week against Philly and yeah. once that game got out of hand there was no re- need to to use him anymore in that game so two weeks ago I think I even talked on the podcast I was on the Giants as home yeah. underdogs plus two and a half now they're a four and a half point underdog not much home field I think really for either team uh, it's a Sunday night game though so maybe Washington does have a have a good crowd to support the uh, the commanders who would be in the playoff spot if the season started today I'm going to stay off this game. I just feel I just don't feel the need to bet the Giants after betting on them in this game yeah, two weeks it's ago. A, it's a scary bet because, like you said, they're bad. They're they're not a good team, and I hate to bet on teams that are not good or have you right. know, taken a nosedive since the start of the year. But ah, getting four and a half, but the close yeah. game. So the reason I'm going to stay off this game is I think the Commanders have a huge situational edge. They played this team in Week 13, then they had a bye week, and now they're playing them again in week 15 meanwhile Giants had to go out and play the Eagles so commanders should be fully prepared for this game because now they can just rewatch film of a team they just played and they had a week off to rest so I really do think that situational edge is massive for the commanders but I think it's also baked into the number a little bit so that's going to keep me off the Sunday night football game Um, I guess I'll just root for you and your Giants bet back. Go Giants. So uh, sad sad thing to say. But maybe I'll uh, put a little bit of a Giants bet in because I do think this number is a little bit too big for a Taylor Heineke team to be uh, to try to cover. We have a sexy pick in the NFL. We'll go back to Chicago for the Eagles-Bears. You like a first-half bet. Oh, this is this is the brunch time winner. This is the, oh, this is the brunch time winner. If you, you know, yeah, me, after the World the right Cup, spot here. you uh, – yeah, so the uh, sorry if I yeah I, I messed that up on the on the rundown, but anyway, uh, yeah, no, it's fine. Anyway, we'll yeah, just let the people bad. know that was your fault, not mine. It's yep. fine. Brunch time winner, <laughs> Eagles Bears. We talked about some reasons why we like the Bears in this game. Yes, um, I think just kind of thinking about both teams and what they do well and what they don't do well, especially on the Chicago side, their defense. I think the over might be a better look just in case the Eagles do win big. I, I do think the Bears will be able to score points. Uh, Bears off a bye. Last time they kind of had a extended time off was before that Monday night game against the Patriots, where their offense kind of took a kind of took a ch- changed a little bit, and they took a kind of a step with Justin Fields and played pretty well. I think that they could play well in this game just with the extra time to prepare, yeah. extra time off. Fields fully healthy from the AC joint injury. I do still expect the Eagles to score. 
But the reason I like the first half over at 24 is just in case the second half just kind of slows down with the Eagles having that big game against the Cowboys next week. So I know it's going to be cold, and that could definitely affect scoring, but it's not going to be too windy. It doesn't look like it's going to snow. I think because it's cold weather and, and the Eagles like to run the ball, the Bears are going to have trouble tackling either Miles Sanders or Jalen Hurts or whoever else they use in the run game. So I think the Eagles still are going to be able to score in this game, but that Justin Fields can kind of match them at least for the first 30 minutes. So first half over, usually I go first half under, first quarter under for these kind of brunch time winter bets, but I like the first half over here. 24 you can get it at between the Eagles and Bears on Sunday. Now we have some sexy picks. Panthers, Patriots, Bengals. Bengals make a lot of sense. They've been hot. Yeah. People have seen that. And you see who they're playing. Yeah. The Bucks. Who wants yeah. to touch the Bucks? No one. No one in their right mind would touch the Bucks yet. Since it's a sexy pick, maybe it's time to, to put a little bit of money on uh on old T B forty five. Is that how old he is now? Forty five? <laughs> it's hard to keep track. But yeah. Yeah, forty five, fifty, however old. Uh, I want to bet the Bucks here. I really do. I just – I can't do it. They're so bad. They're not good. They can't protect Brady. Their coaching is not optimal at all in terms of just running the ball early downs and, you know, making Brady have two downs to, to make up for uh, the yardage and stuff. But the Bengals are coming off two big wins off the being the Chiefs and Browns at home. So I think it's a good spot to fade them. Plus they have a lot of injuries on offense. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. They have some injuries on defense, Trey Hedrickson being the most notable. Not sure if any of those guys are going to suit up. So maybe Cincinnati can you know, overcome, overcome those injuries with Joe Burrow being so good and Tampa Bay being so bad this year. But the only way I could look in this game is Tampa Bay. I don't know if I'm going to get there. Maybe I'd consider them in a contest, but um, especially if the injury report is bad for the Bengals. But I'd be, I guess I'd be wary betting the Bengals here and fading the uh, the Buccaneers just because uh, there's a lot of recency bias baked into this line. All right, we got the Patriots as another sexy pick, and I told you right before the show I'm thinking of betting New England, and uh, I'll give you a reason why. Bill Belichick against Josh McDaniels. Is he going to let Josh McDaniels beat him? Is the, is the question. I think that's why people are liking New England. You know, you have Belichick and you think, well, is he going to let a former assistant beat up on him? And that's probably the reason you can get New England as, as a slight favorite in this one, a minus one. There are some places it's a pick em. But, again, how much do we trust Las Vegas? How much do we trust them? They were on a little bit of a run there. That ended pretty abruptly. Now, how, what's, the, what's the motivation here? Is, is the motivation for McDaniels is obviously to be Belichick, but is he going to be able to relay that to the rest of his team? And how much do the, does the team respect him at this point? I mean, they've had some really bad losses. He's thrown them under the bus. Things are not going well in Vegas. And New England is just kind of chilling there. They're still playing for a playoff spot. Yeah, I think the reason I think it's a good sexy pick. Yeah, I think the reason the Patriots are the sexy pick is because you just it's Belichick against McDaniels. The, That's it. The one of the greatest coaches of all time against a, a coach who it's like the people just love to pile on and deservedly so. They have four games this year where they've lost thirteen point plus leads uh, in ridiculous. the game, including last week against the Rams, which probably killed any of their playoff hopes. 
And even though I think the Raiders, I wouldn't say they're better than the Patriots, but I do think the Raiders at home probably should be a favorite, especially with the potential they get healthier on offense. However, I can't overcome the idea of Bill Belichick and basically a pick 'em situation against Josh McDaniels. That was the reason I considered the Patriots me, last me, week against me. Cliff Kingsbury. I think that's the only way to look, really. Patriots against the Raiders, who have everything to play for terms of the AFC playoff picture against uh, a coach that not only is not even close to the level of Bill Belichick but a coach that Bill Belichick knows very very well and will know exactly the game plan that the Raiders will probably will try to employ I I think I'm going to make New England a bet for sure too I'll, I'll add that to one of my bets for the NFL the other sexy pick was the Carolina Panthers they've won three of their last four they now go take on a Pittsburgh Steelers team that, uh, well, they had to play Mitch <laughs> Trubisky, and that didn't look great. They lost to the Ravens. Um, this is this is a tough game. I, I think this is a game I'm going to stay away from. I don't trust yeah. either team, to be quite honest, especially if the Panthers are favorites. Ooh, stay away. Yeah. Stay, stay uh, away. It looks like they're going to be a three-point favorite yeah. unless Kenny Pickett can somehow clear concussion protocol, and he's already had two concussions this year. It looks like it'll be Trubisky and, and catching three against the Panthers. And no. I was thinking, you know, Steelers could be a potential teaser team, game with a low total, tease them up through a touchdown if it was Pickett. But with Trubisky, that just kind of adds an extra element of they the Steelers could get blown out if he can't take care of the ball. He had three turnovers, uh, three interceptions against the Ravens on Sunday. And yeah. the Panthers' defense is trending well. Sam Darnold looks like the best quarterback Carolina's had under center this year. <laughs> but at the same time, I have to remember. It's not saying much. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, right. But, I mean, P.J. <laughs> Walker had some nice nice throws. He did. But, uh, he did. Yeah, oh, I, think, I think the Panthers definitely better in the underdog role, which they've done a pretty decent job this year, including last week against the Seahawks. But now they're expected to win by margin. The line is trending towards three, and it, it will be three if Pickett can't go. So, I think the Panthers definitely an attractive pick because they are playing better, and now there's a lot of talk that they can win the NFC South. And if they win out, they will win the NFC South and right. host a playoff game against likely the Dallas Cowboys. So I think the the makes the Panthers a, a sexy pick, but I'd be uh, I'd be cautious laying a number with uh, S- Sam Darnold unless it is Pickett and you can get under that three. We have a teaser play for you. Specifically, Nate has a teaser play for you, and it is two touchdown favorites. But you're teasing down to basically a pick 'em with the Bills and the Packers. Yeah, you can either tease them or maybe even get better payout if you just money line parlay these two teams closer to kickoff. Right. Um, you're confident. You're confident the Rams won't be able to take down the the Packers. I am. Um, actually, considered having both these teams betting them straight at minus seven or or whatever number it gets to. So the first one's the Bills. It's Saturday night. This is more of a fade against the Dolphins. So the Dolphins are in a disastrous scheduling spot. They just had back-to-back losses on the West Coast against the 49ers and Chargers. They actually stayed out West between two games, so they probably requested that. But now they go home, but now they have to get back on the road, play a third straight road game Saturday night. It's a mm-hmm. short week to prepare in Buffalo. There's back to be snow in Buffalo, and that's not going to fare well for a team from South Florida. On top of that, Tyreek Hill, we saw him in and out of the lineup on Sunday against the Chargers dealing with that ankle injury. 
I do expect him to play, but I don't expect him to be fully healthy, especially a game in cold weather. So I like the Bills a lot, maybe to kind of break out of this offensive funk that they've been in since Josh Allen had that UCL sprain. So I like the Bills a lot to win the game, would even consider laying the points with them. And then Monday night, Green Bay Packers minus seven. There's another weather consideration in this game with predicted temperatures in the teens for a team from L.A. Don't be cold in Green Bay. And a Bay. team from L.A. I know the Rams won, and everyone saw that Baker Mayfield comeback, but it's still not a good team. It's still a Rams team that has nothing to play for this season, and I just don't think Baker Mayfield's going to replicate that kind of performance that he had with this supporting cast around him. Packers off a bye, so they have an extra day off from the bye week to the Monday night. So they think that they have a shot at making the playoffs, and if they win out, they're going to have at least an outside shot if they get some help around them. So Packers to win the game I like a lot, but I also would lay the points because if the Rams lose that game to the Raiders like they should have, the Packers are probably a eight, eight-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. So I think we're getting a little bit of a discount based on that Rams comeback victory against the Raiders last Thursday night. Also, Baker Mayfield is better when he doesn't have to think. We just proved that one on the yeah. podcast last week. We talked about it. I mean, he he didn't have to learn the playbook. He was just playing on instinct, and that's when he's at his best, <laughs> when he's playing all natural exactly. and just instinctually. Now he'll he'll have have the like, think he has about to think about it. And last time Baker Mayfield went to Lambeau was, I believe it was last Christmas Eve. Oh, boy. And he threw four interceptions well for him, in a yeah. game that the Browns lost by only two points. They ran all over the Packers, but Mayfield – literally threw the game away so he hasn't fared well in these cold weather games at Lambeau and in a isolated spot like we're going to see Monday night so this Rams team still not a good team even though they had that crazy win on uh last Thursday at home against the Raiders we have some World Cup going on we have third place game yep we have a final game what do you like yeah, so let's go third place game first. The uh, two teams that lost in the semifinals, Croatia, Morocco. I actually think there's a sh- pretty strong betting angle on this game, and it's the over. Over two and a half goals, you can get at minus Love it. 110. These two teams actually played in group play, which is pretty crazy to think about. I think it was one of the games at 4 a.m. local time, so one of the games I skipped out on and was sleeping and had, had no idea that Morocco would end up being a semifinalist when that game was played a couple weeks ago. But yeah. when these two teams played, it was 0-0. But that kind of makes sense. Two teams are defensive-minded. First game of the World Cup, it's a little bit cagey and tight, and, and and teams are kind of okay with playing for a draw. And then both teams were shut out in the semifinals, although Morocco did have some chances against France. So I think both teams were going to get some chances in this game because it's going to be less conservative, more open, knowing this is basically an exhibition game. So yep. over two and a half goals tends to be the way to go when betting these third place games at the World Cup. And I think out of the two games, if I had to just have a bet that I'd be most confident in and have my most money on, I think over two and a half in the third place game. There you go. I love that. And it's a minus 110. Yeah, so it's, you can get it's, a pretty good it's number very it. reasonable. And I just think both teams are just going to be a little bit more loose. Yeah. And kind of treat this as a kind of a celebration for what these countries have done. Croatia making the World Cup final four years ago, having a surprise trip to the semifinal this year. Luka Modric's last World Cup, a, a Croatian legend. I'm sure there's going to be a, a nice ovation for him. And then Morocco, a team that's kind of captured the hearts of the world and the first African nation to make the semifinals of any World Cup. So I feel like it's going to be a fun match and there's going to be wide open and there'll be plenty of scoring chances so Croatia Morocco over two and a half goals 
is my favorite bet out of the two games that we have left at this World Cup. I love it. And then we have the final, Argentina-France, and that's almost opposite thinking, at least with the total, where you want to take the under. Yeah, I I think that... Fewer goals. You can't go wrong betting the under at the World Cup finals. I know four years ago, France played, was involved with it. They played Croatia, and that was a high-scoring game. I believe it was like 4-2. I do think that this game kind of goes back to what World Cup finals are normally like. Very tight, low-scoring, conservative. Both teams don't want to make mistakes. And I know both teams might have some flaws defensively. France definitely could have let up a goal against Morocco. They haven't kept a clean sheet in any of the previous World Cup games. I didn't think they were that convincing against England, and they were a little bit fortunate to win that game. They also have injuries, some players sick, one last day off than Argentina does because Argentina won their semifinal Tuesday. Meanwhile, France won on Wednesday. So I think Argentina has a lot of edges, actually, in this game, and I would look to bet them just to lift the trophy, so either them to win a regulation, them to win an extra time in a shootout. I do think Messi finally does it, wins a World Cup, so I'm looking towards Argentina here just to win. I do actually have some previous bets from before the tournament on a South American team to win the World Cup, so hopefully that comes through, but I also do think it'll be a low-scoring game where it's either 1-0, maybe even 0-0 at the end of regulation, maybe 1-1, so I'm looking towards the under two and a quarter goals, so if it lands on two, you win half your bet. One or zero, you win your full bet, and then three or more, you lose your bet. So I think it's going to be a tight game between two very evenly matched teams at the World Cup final. I do give the edge, though, a little bit to Argentina, especially if you can get them at plus money to lift the trophy. Um, let's just finish it off with our best bets. You got two best bets. I'll make I'll make a late best bet. I'll okay. make one late best bet, but you, you start with your two. It's an NFL bet, so let's just keep it NFL. You got two teams. Yep, early game on Sunday, New York Jets. We're going to grade this at minus one against the Detroit Lions. was kind of waiting to make sure Mike White was going to be the starter for the Jets after taking that big hit against the, uh, the Bills on Sunday, but it looks like he'll be good to go. So once I know White's good, I'll give you the reasons why I'm really making this bet, and it's just a selling high on the Detroit Lions, a team who's covered six straight games, have won five of those six with the only loss being on Thanksgiving Day against the Buffalo Bills. And while the Lions' offense has looked good, their defense has improved, I do really question if Jared Goff can have the same success he's had indoors at home as he would on Sunday in weather in the 30s at MetLife Stadium. We've seen Goff have really good stats at home this year, but not so much on the road where he's only thrown two touchdown passes and has four interceptions in five away games. Meanwhile, he's thrown 20 touchdowns in eight games at home. So the home road splits are real for Jared Goff, a quarterback who's historically struggled in colder temperatures. And I think it's just fair to say the Lions are a much better team at home, and they've played their last three games at home, so I think it's a good time to sell them. The Jets... Tough game against the Vikings, a game they probably should have won. Got a lot of those red zone trips and failed. And then last week, we're in a tough spot against the Bills, who had a huge rest advantage and loss. So I don't discredit the Jets too much off those last two losses. And it's a game they really need in terms of the AFC playoff race. So the Jets are basically a pick and price. Really like them a lot at minus one. I'm going to go Patriots. I made my mind up. We talked the Patriots through against the Raiders. I like them. You can get them at a pick em. We can gr- Ooh, Let's grade a minus one because I think that's where they are at most places right now, but they're a pick em at some other places. 
it's just going to be Bill Belichick beating up on his old coach, Josh McDaniel. I think the the Patriots have what it takes to take down a, a Las Vegas Raiders team, which to me has not been special or very good at all. They were having a slight uptick, you know, two or three weeks ago. They looked like they were kind of coming into themselves. And then they lose a pretty bad game against a Baker Mayfield Los Angeles Rams. The Patriots come in, top 10 rush defense. They're an even better rush defense on the road. I think Mac Jones and company can get it done on the road in Vegas. Give me the Pats, minus one. I actually think we, we can grade at a pick them because there are some sports books shifting to the, the Raiders actually being a favorite. So Love it. I'll take it. I think that if you do like Patriots. New England, definitely you could maybe wait a little bit because I do think some Raiders players are going to return in this game. And I know the, the uh, Patriots had some injury concerns yeah. on Monday Night Football where they won that game shorthanded. My second best bet, and it's a little bit of a surprise, a little bit of my out of my comfort zone. <laughs> I'm betting on the Tennessee Titans for, I believe, the first time in maybe four years in a regular season game. Wow, I think I had this them. is history. I think I had them last year in the playoff game against the Bengals, and they let me down. And Sharp lessons history. Just a team I don't think is very good, but there are a couple situational spots I like here. The first, fade the L.A. Chargers as a favorite. Always. Also, the Chargers coming off a big win, a game that meant a lot for Justin Herbert against the team that passed on him in the 2020 draft. And the Chargers back at home don't have much of a home crowd. So I do think getting plus three at the Titans is, is valuable in a game where the home field advantage is zero. On the other side, the case for the Titans, they're back in the preferred underdog role under Mike Vrabel. They had a tough loss last week to the Jags, but they lost the turnover battle for zero. Derrick Henry as a as a matchup nightmare for this Chargers rush defense. And if Traylon Burks can return to this game, this will help Tennessee's offense a lot. I think the biggest thing and the reason I like this game is we were talking about the Eagles earlier. Two weeks ago, the Titans closed plus four and a half at Philly. And Philly is much better than the Chargers, and they actually have a home field advantage. So to get plus three with the Titans against the Chargers. I think there's a, a lot of line value there, and the situation adds up to back the Tennessee Titans here. Probably the last time I'll bet on them this year. It's a rarity, but I really like what kind of uh, how this game stacks up and how it. Uh, I, I called it a perfect storm to back Tennessee here, which is kind of needed for me to back this team. But I got line value, and I have a lot of situational edges for Tennessee. Plus three against the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday. Derrick Henry is going to run all over him. So I like that. We have two AFC East teams that we like. Pretty interesting. The Jets and the Pats. And then you like uh, the Titans as well. So uh, that'll do it for us. Lots of picks on the pod. Go back and re-listen if you missed some. Uh, hopefully we'll have a pretty exciting week. Great our best bets. And uh, hopefully we'll go 3-0 on best bets. So good luck to everyone. Have a fantastic weekend. And we'll see you next week.